0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Hello, and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined by my colleagues in, in mission here, Tom DeAngelis, Tom Terrace, and Hannah Woodward. How are you guys doing? Great, Great Rob. You know, thanks. All right. So we are here uh, to open up the gospel for the coming Sunday. So for those of you who've joined us before, welcome back. And for those of you who are new, we're going to look at the Gospel for Sunday. And that Gospel is from the Gospel of Mark, Mark 6, 30 to 34. Mark 6, 30 to 34. So uh, if you're in a spot to do so, please grab your Bibles and uh, and join us. But let's uh, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of this moment. Thank you for the gift of your Word. Thank you for the gift of the Mass. And Lord, we're sorry for the times that we just show up at Mass Uh unprepared to to encounter you so please lord help this this time that we're going to give to you uh, be so uh, so fulfilling and nurturing and and preparatory for us to encounter you more fully this sunday at mass uh give us please holy spirit give us the courage to live your word each and every day help us to be moldable and pliable and teachable and mother mary please you are the perfect mold uh, and mold us in the form of Christ. Pray for us that we will grow closer to Your Son and to the Eucharist today and every day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, my son's on a a track team, and the coach is a phenomenal man of God. It's our parish track team, and track a lot of times they have a tough time getting boys to come out for it. It's like everybody wants to play everything else, but he's built this program over over an eight-year period where this past year they had 85 boys wow. for this grade school track program. And they have shirts, sweatshirts, and and on the back, their motto is all in. And he uses track to form the boys as leaders, uh, form them in their faith. By the time they're in eighth grade, they're leading the prayer, they're leading the, you know, the stretches, because it's, it's third grade to eighth grade. So you have the, you know, the, the wide range of ages. But he uses that all-in expression to, you know, the kids think well, they're saying all-in for track. But by the end of the experience, they really know that, that it's all-in for Christ. And, Tom, you had uh, selected a prayer for us called the Prayer of Abandonment. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that, is, that is an all-in prayer. It's an
2: all-in prayer, right. Prayer of Abandonment. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all, I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Before we go into the gospel, did anything from that prayer jump out at it, you guys the, the two words that jumped out at me were boundless confidence right, i just picture my kids jumping off the you know it doesn't matter where they are you know if, if if i'm there somewhere catch me it's it's that that beautiful confidence that that i'm going to catch them and uh, you know boundless confidence in our in our heavenly father well i
2: i uh, selected this prayer because i Uh, I usually say it in the morning um, every day and I didn't get a chance to say it today so when you asked for a prayer I said well there we go let me get it but the thing that uh, that strikes me now and you know when you say a prayer over and over again you your heart attaches to different spots of it at different points in your life and the thing that that I um, uh, kind of attach to is I'm ready for all I accept all let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures I wish no more than this. I mean, that's a that's the all-in. I mean, that's the all-in part. I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me.
1: And for me, I just pray that I don't, here, Lord, I surrender, but let me show you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I give you my life. Give well, me. that's,
2: yeah, that's the oh, that's crazy. the thing that I I keep coming back to with that. I'm ready for all. I accept all that means I'm not telling you what to do. You're telling me <laughs> <laughs> whatever comes delivered. I'm okay with it, you know? So, yeah, and that's, that's the toughest thing I think to do. So I tend to be like, if you can imagine a
3: whole pizza and I'm like, here, Lord, you could just have this little slice, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to keep all those for myself. Yeah,
2: I, I know what me. to do with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Awesome. All right. Thanks, Tom, for uh, thank you for guiding us on our, on our abandonment. Hannah, can you please read the gospel for us?
4: Absolutely. The gospel comes from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 34. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all that he had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest awhile." People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity to even eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like many sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Hannah. In these past couple of weeks, we've been, uh, it's kind of a sequence here, so the Two weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, there was uh, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And then last week it was Jesus sending them out two by two, and now the apostles gathered together with Jesus to report all they had done and taught. So you can just imagine it's like the the ultimate kitchen table after school or camp or whatever, and it's like, okay, what what happened? So this is that ultimate, you know, what happened? Um, but what really jumped out, Hannah, when you were when you were reading was uh, when Jesus said, "Come away." by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. So many times in our lives, we, we, you know, we're we we're busy, we're, we're serving, whether we're in full-time ministry or just you know, volunteering somewhere or in our family life as mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, whatever. We're, we're, we're always, a lot of us are always out there doing it, doing it, doing it, serving, serving, serving. And Jesus is saying, after these guys went out two by two, come away to a deserted place and rest a while. And uh, I, th- I think I need to, I need to heed that, uh, that, that call of Jesus. And too, you know, I, I hadn't
2: noticed this before, but as happens a lot when you really take time and break open the scriptures, um, I always thought people were coming and going in great numbers because they were there for Jesus. But if the apostles had been out and had great success and had all these things to tell, Jesus and as we heard in last week's gospel you know they they were preaching a gospel of repentance they were preaching repentance to people but the but they also were curing people they were you know casting out demons so these guys are all coming back in and I guess the reports are probably following them so it probably wasn't just because people are coming and going in great numbers probably because not only had they heard about Jesus but now his disciples. Have this magic that he can do, so everybody's like flocking to these guys, and they don't even have an opportunity to eat so I always kind of had this idea that they were when they came back, they kind of took off their you know their apostle you know roles, and then they were back serving Jesus, but they were probably in you know in the in the soup like Jesus was you know now he's got he's got twelve. Guys, to help him out, you know, and 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 now they're getting inundated. So they, the whole the whole group of them had to get in the boat and take off, and and find some time to just, uh, you know, be the guys, you know, figure out what was going on, and 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 share with each other, and and grow, you know, growing, growing Christ, because they were right there with him, you know. And I seen this
3: uh, reading too, how when uh, you know Jesus disembarks from the boat, and and his heart is moved you know, with pity for them. And I guess my first thought would be, well, when I feel sorry for someone, I want to give them something, you know, I want to give them, I don't know what, maybe uh, money or something. But uh, he seems to give them wisdom, because he says, uh, you know, he began to teach them. I mean, what, what, what do they really need? What do we really need in our lives? But that that wisdom that comes from God, the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, what a a greater gift, it seem would seem to me, than some sort of material thing. You know, like even when um Peter, I think in the Acts of the Apostles, when they, you know, that man asked for healing or something, or he was begging for begging and, for money. Yeah, and you know, Peter said, well, "I don't have anything, but I do have this." You know, and he in the name of Jesus tells, them Christ, about, tells him about Jesus. You yeah. know, and so I think in this thing we see how Jesus, you know, gives him that. Tells him about his father, I'm, I'm sure, is what he was teaching him.
1: And, and you mentioned teach, uh, Tom, and I forget which pope it was, uh, said that you know, no, no one wants to listen to teachers, Everyone wants, but, but they will listen to a witness. And the reason why, that they will listen to a teacher is because of their witness. All right, so no one wants to listen to a teacher, but they will listen to a witness. And the reason why they will listen to a teacher is because of their witness. So here the apostles went out two by two, and they witnessed. They lived with people. They stayed in houses, so they saw them living the faith. They saw them, and now they kind of teed it up, right? So they saw the witness, and now people are probably ripe. Their, their hearts were ready to be taught. Yeah. So for us, we're, we are the apostles. We are the, the ones sent two by two, and people are going to look at our lives and our witness, and then Jesus is the teacher, right? So we, you know, let's pray that our, li- that our lives, our witnesses, so much so that when the opportunity that for Jesus to teach is there that our witness has has helped uh cultivate that soil so the teaching can 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 land uh in, in that fertile soil. Yeah,
3: that that are authentic witnesses and not you know only in name in Christian in name only, but our lives reflect our beliefs and that that's like what you're saying, Rob. That's that witness that people would you know Wait a minute. There's something different about that person. You know, like what is it? You know, and I could see, you know, the Lord in our acting in our lives and through our actions and everything.
1: So, have any of you been on a retreat? Is, is there are there, you know, are there retreat locations? Um, you know, whether it's you know a yearly retreat somewhere or even every day. Like, is there is there a spot in your house or a spot in the neighborhood? Like, you know, where where do you guys go to rest a while? Where where is your deserted place? Um, two places. I um,
2: depending depending on how much time I have or where I'm coming from uh, in the morning and on, and on the way home from work, I'll either stop at uh, our parish church at Saint Joan of Arc. Uh, it's usually it's usually open, so I'll park on the side and and go in there, spend some time with the Lord, do my you know my evening prayers. Um, if I'm coming back from Lebanon, a lot of times I'll stop at Holy Spirit um, the Adoration Chapel at, uh, in Palmyra. Uh, which is always a nice place to be, you know, because the Blessed Sacraments exposed there, you know, seven by 24. So um, that's always a good experience. So then it's always a time to kind of sit back. Uh, A lot of times it's at the end of the day, but sometimes it's over lunch or something. It's just a good time to sit back and take a deep breath and just be with the Lord. You know, Uh, a lot of times I'm trying to get my, you know, my, my evening prayers or my, you know, morning prayers in but uh, I always try to take a few minutes if I can you know the schedule's not too too tight to just be with the Lord. Just to be. Yeah it is you know you mentioned it I hadn't really thought of it that way but it's kind of like a a little daily retreat Uh, and for years I I had the greatest experience I mean um, particularly when I was doing uh, consulting work I was traveling all over central Pennsylvania and somewhere along the line I got a list of all the adoration chapels in the Diocese of Harrisburg and darn if just about every client I had what didn't wasn't either on the way to or the way back. So a lot of times I would go down to, you know, I'd, I would go to, um, you know, someplace on the West Shore, and on the way home I'd go right by, you know, within, within two or three miles of St. Teresa's where they have an Adoration Chapel. And then I had a client down in York, and I would stop in at the Adoration Chapel down there. I don't even remember the, where the church was. This was a few years ago. Uh, St. Joseph's, I had a client in Lancaster downtown. St. Joe's, uh, you know, up in Cabbage Hill has an adoration chapel there. So it was like every deanery in the diocese that had a chapel, I hit just about all of them. I think there were two that I didn't get to, but just a great, you know, great opportunity to sit and be with the Lord, even just for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, just to take a deep breath and realize that you're not alone and, you know, that somebody's watching out for you, and especially because I always, you know, I mean, part of it was I knew where they were, but part of it was it was just almost uncanny that I had so many clients. It was it would three or four times a week I would get to an adoration chapel just because that's where my clients my clients were.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah. And, and, Tom, and they were I'm, like
2: little retreats, yeah.
1: And as you're saying that, I'm thinking of uh, Father Gately's book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. where everything that we say, think, do, everything, we have an opportunity to console Jesus' heart. That the God of the universe, or Jesus is fully God, fully man, and his heart is longing— for us to love him back, so the intentionality that you placed into that 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 practice consoles his heart. It's like, oh wow, here's my boy Tom. He's mm-hmm. he's he's looking up these chapels and he's visiting me. I mean, that's awesome. That something that what we would think is small and insignificant consoles our Lord and Savior's heart. That we took the effort and the and the time and the care. To do that—that's that's beautiful, brother. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. How about you, Tom? Did you have any any retreat experiences? Any 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 um, places that that helped you?
3: The only this past last Friday, of course, we had like a long weekend because was the Fourth of July. So I went to New York, and um, I had a prayer. Like I only know where, like where St. Patrick's is. Everyone knows where that is. And I'm like, plus, Mother, show me some other churches. So I just was walking. I I can't remember the street is up in like in the '90s, and I look over, and there's St. Francis's Church. St. Francis of Assisi. So I make a visit in there, and then I'm walking down this other. I think it was Lexington. It was uh, St. John the Baptist. So I go in there, and they had adoration, nice. and there's two people in there, yeah. and I'm thinking while well, I'm uh, like I was, I spent some time in there while I was there. There's thousands of people walking outside, you know, going about their business, and two people sitting in the church in mm-hmm. front of the, front of our Lord, and it, just a thought came to me of the of our Blessed Mother saying, you know, the fall like snowflakes, Mm, like just no one, you know, cares, you know, like, and it was like, you know, to, it was like breaking Jesus' heart, you know what I mean? Like all these people out there doing other things and he's like alone, you know, it was just,
1: but again, you were, you were consoling his heart Yeah, you and the two others (laughs) were consoling his heart. And, and the, what's the one story in scripture where, uh, who's it, Abraham, Who, who was negotiating with? With with God on Sodom and Gomorrah, that if there's you know, fifty righteous people. You know, oh where, yeah, was, yeah, was that Abraham? That was Abraham. All right, yeah, so he got him yeah. down to ten, right? <laughs> yeah, ten righteous. And I heard a talk where they uh, did archaeologic digs, and, and it was estimated that 300,000 people lived there. So if so, the righteousness of ten mm. could have covered the multitude of sins of 300,000. So each one, thirty thousand, right? So all those people that are walking outside and the three prayer warriors, yourself and the two others, Tom, you were there and and God, God can multiply, right? God can multiply. So.
3: Yeah. uh, It was a great blessing. I, you know, to be able to find that and just sort of stumble upon it. But again, there's probably no coincidences or no stumbling, you know, uh, blessed mother, whoever led me there. So it was, it was a great blessing.
1: Yeah. And then f- for us, like, if you went in there and John Travolta was there, you probably would have gone out like, oh, guys, there like some <laughs> famous person, whatever. Like fill in the blank, you know, yeah. Steph Curry, whatever, whatever your thing is. You would be like running out in the street, yo, guys, Steph Curry's in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Do we have that kind of excitement? You know, you, you know whenever we're in the presence of our Lord in adoration or whenever we, we, we leave mass, we just either adored or received the creator of the universe. Yeah. All right, so— I need to keep myself in check. Do I have that kind of excitement to, uh, to, to share the good news? Yeah. How about you, Hannah, coming off of uh, schooling more recently than, than the three of us here, the three amigos here? So did you have any retreat experiences that, that were profound for you?
4: Uh, my senior year, we, as a class, went to a Kairos retreat, um, which was such a blessing. It was three days. It was my entire class of 36 people, so not not a lot people but nonetheless it was still really great um and you know throughout the retreat they kept saying live the fourth and they would never tell us what the definition of what that was until the last day and live the fourth meant to challenge ourselves to live the fourth day outside of the retreat and take what we've learned and what we've gathered spiritually and evangelize to others so it's just been a challenge every day for me since then to keep living the fourth and keep reminding myself but um retreat I take more I guess literally of the translation rest a while um, every night before I go to bed I always make sure I turn the TV off early so I can sit and talk to God and it's just so comforting being able to fall asleep you know in his presence and I think I'm able to hear his words and reflect on my day a lot more when I'm laying there in silence and you know listening to what he has to say so that, that's that been a tr- treat I guess every day for myself make sure I do that and not fall asleep before I get to talk to him that's also a challenge but
1: but uh, as as a father, when I'm holding my mm-hmm. my kids in my arms and they fall asleep in my arms, they might not have said a word, but that that's it's it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. When when you have your kids asleep in your arms, so God the Father, when you know your heart is you know reaching out to Him, whether you've said a word or not, you fall asleep in His arms, that's awesome. That, that my awesome.
4: that's funny. You say that. my grandmother, um, she always reminds me. When I was little, she would hold me till I fell asleep and. She she would say how much she loved sharing heartbeats because I'd fall asleep on her chest and I keep thinking if I translate that with my relationship with God and we share heartbeats, so it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: And, and there's one time in adoration, I was really beating myself up because I would I would fall asleep all the time and, uh, and I said, man, this is horrible, Lord. I'm here. I can't, I can't stay awake. I'm, I'm you know beat myself up and then there was a, a series of letters one monsignor experienced pastor to a new priest who just got his own his own church as a pastor and these letters just just encouraging him to have perpetual adoration in his chapel and how beautiful it is and just different stories of saints and right when i was beating myself up the letter that i read was about saint therese and how saint therese would fall asleep during her time in the chapel and she was Beating herself up, and then the Lord spoke to her heart and said, "Did your father, your earthly father, did your father love you any less when you fell asleep in his arms? Nor do I love you any less when you fall asleep in mine. All right, not that I'm, you know, bringing my pillow and blanket to the Adoration Chapel, but if I do not off, you know, I'm, I'm in good company, Saint Therese. Right? Uh, but it's, it's it's beautiful when you think of it in, in the earthly sense, like how awesome it is that the, the beauty." and the calm and the peace of a sleeping child.
2: Yeah, I've heard that story, and it just hit me um, when uh, the Lord put in her heart about, did your father love you any less when you fell asleep in his arms? Um, her father and mother are um, up for canonization soon. So she had, um, I think there were six in the fa- in the family. She was, I think, the youngest of six girls, and the other five all became nuns, and uh her mother passed away, I think, when she was young, 12 years old, or maybe younger than that. But uh, yeah, her mother and father both are up for canonization, uh, and uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember when that's going to happen. I think it might be in the fall. But uh, so her father would have been a real, a real god to her, you know, a real f- god figure to her. So.
1: Oh what a what a powerhouse family to, yeah. Ask, yeah. to, to yeah. ask to intercede yeah. for our families. Yeah. Uh, for all the. All the strain and struggle that a lot of people experience in family life.
2: Yeah. Well, I I, rec- I when I got the email about the the canonization, it came kind of in a newsletter. I sent it to my wife and I said, these are going to be our patrons from <laughs> now on. So you know, if you could both get into heaven on kind of on the same ticket, that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. So, there are a lot of. Uh, I shouldn't say there are a lot. There are a few saints who uh, husbands and wives who have been canonized, but never both at the same time. They were always one was canonized, and then another one, maybe years later. You know, but uh, this is the first one where they're they're going to be canonized together. So, yeah, it awesome. really is. And then you you know you look at their daughter and you think, well, you know, Apple didn't fall too far from the tree. So,
1: and, and you look at Saint Therese's life. You know, she she had a desire to be one of these guys or gals sent. Two by two, she she yeah. wanted to be a missionary. She wanted to go all over the world, and she's the patron saint of missionaries. Never left the Carmel, yeah. right. right? So for us that you know we have this desire to to go and do, what does God show us through Saint Therese that that the little things mean a lot, right? I think in her heart she picked up a little little thread. If you if you yeah, pick was that it up,
3: little things with great love yeah. or something was her saying?
1: Yeah. So she was is the patron saint of missionaries. Never went on a mission trip but her prayer, her sacrifice. So for us, um, you know, we have people in our lives that, that we need to bring the good news to, and we may never have a chance to truly sit down with them and, and walk through salvation history. But if we pray, I mean, how often do, do we see someone who's hurting and say, well, I'll pray for you, but what can I really do for you? You know, it's like, like the prayer is secondary, like, like my, my meatball yeah. casserole is gonna be better than the prayer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? That, that pray, you know, like who, like who in our life needs Jesus? based on the behaviors and different things that are going on, and just pray and fast and, and follow in St. Therese's footsteps of, of being that prayer warrior for, for those who are out, and then trust that God's going to put a missionary, whoever that might be, in the path of our mom or dad or brother, sister, friend, mm-hmm. wife, kids, whoever.
4: You now, As I read this, it just popped out of me, and of course, since you said meatball casserole, <laughs> um, <laughs> people were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity to even eat. So they must have been starving. And in last week, last week's gospel, Jesus instructed his disciples not to bring any food with them. So I just thought of you, Rob, because I know <laughs> you also like to eat.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was just watching an interview with uh, the com- comedian. Uh, I forget his name, but he has a, a new book out, "Food: The Love Affair." <laughs> it's like a picture of him and a hot dog next to each other. Yeah. So uh, food. I mean, food. Food brings people together. So. I'm a big fan of Hannah as yes, well, right? Big,
4: absolutely.
1: We're 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 members of the food fan club. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we don't have the food, uh, and we have that little hunger in our bellies, that that helps us. That helps us to to grow closer and and, uh, and and get into that relationship. And Tom, you've lived really a life of fasting, not just a a Lenten practice. So yeah, you, you, you know, you've we, you've drawn we, closer to our Lord through that.
2: Yeah. Um. I think one of the things that – and, you know, you get dull to it after a while and you have to kind of amp it up. So I do fast um, a little more severely during Lent. But the thing that I think is best about it is that there are times like I'll I'll get home at the end of the day and I'm just dying to put something in my mouth. You know, just kind of the habit. You're in the kitchen. You walk in the house, you know, and and, uh, just to kind of think about that and say – you know, there are people on the other side of the world starving. I'm going to offer this up for them. You know, I'm going to offer this up to you, Lord, for them. Just the little things. It just reminds me that of all those things that happen to us, they're all gifts from God, even the ones that aren't good, you know. And it's just a little tiny thing that we, I can do every day to remind me that when the big things do come along, that I should look at the big things that way too, when the big disappointments, when the big upsets come along, so...
1: And as we wrap up our time together, just remember uh, the the prayer from last week talks about offering it up, that I offer up all my prayers, works, joys, sufferings, and life as a living sacrifice. So let's go out and be living sacrifices for, uh, for those that we love. God bless you all.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.